The introduction of the Rabbit R1 is described as the iPhone moment for the AI era. But is it really? What exactly are we talking about? It's January 17th, 2024 and you are watching Yay Space The Tech Review. This is the place where you get the most important news from innovation, technology and social media. I'm Tarek Mandadimamluk and virtually by my side is Vincent Ermler. How are you today, Vincent? I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you for asking. I hope you're great as well. I'm, uh, as always, excited to be here and I'm excited for our topic today. Uh, yes. I know that you have a lot of opinion about it, so uh, <laughs> I, I want to hear what you think. But first, do we want to present it? How do we present it? Do you want to, do you want to present it? Should yes. I? You tell me. Let, let, let me quickly bring you the key facts, the key facts Please. that you need to know to be able to talk with us about this topic. And now, this. So TechRadar.com is reporting about the introduction of Rabbit R1 at CES 2024. And basically everyone is talking about this. This was the thing that basically show everyone this, the show. And this is what you need to know. The Rabbit R1 is a new AI-driven device resembling a smartphone. It replaces the traditional app interface with an AI assistant that simplifies tasks like booking flights or playing music, potentially revolutionizing personal computing and smartphone assistance. It includes a camera, SIM card slot, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth and a unique interface operated by an AI chatbot. It's a compact bright orange device with a 2.8 inch touchscreen, far field mic and built-in speakers. It utilizes a MediaTek Helio processor and promises all-day battery life. Initially released in limited batches, the Rabbit R1 quickly sold out its pre-orders priced at $199. It's available in selected countries, I think right now USA only, with no ongoing subscription fee required. The device connects to various services like Spotify and Uber through a web portal, emphasizing user privacy and secure interactions. It offers advanced features like real-time translations, image analysis and learning capabilities, though it's not intended to replace smartphones entirely. And this sounds like something very, very great, but at the same time, very weird. Vincent, uh, you already looked at some videos and some presentations about the R1. What is yes. your first impression? Uh, my first impression, so the first thing I noticed when I saw this device and I watched the keynote and, you know, checked out the website is that I learned something new. I know that you work in that space, so probably for you this was not new at all. But for me, the the term LAM actually was quite new. I mean, we all talk about LLM, right? But this is a large language model, which, you know, is based on an input and it gives you the same back as an output, but it tries to understand what you're putting in. The LAM, that's what I learned, is a large action model, which takes the the input, the prompt, if you want to call it so, I'm sure I, I would say it's still called a prompt, and it not it's not only trying to understand the prompt, but it's also trying to understand the intention behind the prompt. And this is what is supposed to make Rabbit so great, and this is also the driver behind, behind Rabbit OS. Um, the second thing I noticed is that Rabbit also is a vibrator brand so uh, <laughs> or type so you know i don't know maybe they want to re rethink that name uh but beyond be that careful when you google that yeah <laughs> right yeah don't don't just google 
Rabbit, just, just you know, <laughs> Rabbit device. So Google Rabbit AI. That that I think should get you better places. Even though I think that also the you know adult entertainment industry is catching up to AI at some point. So <laughs> absolutely, it, it, this I think it's like the same with jailbreaking, right? Uh, it really depends on who's faster. Um, but right. beyond that, no. To <laughs> To be completely frank, what I thought when I saw this device, and actually it's very funny because a, a lot of people who are reviewing this device, reviewing the keynote, stuff like that, the first in the first thing that most of the people say in the video, and this is also what I thought, is isn't that kind of a phone? Just like, isn't it just a very new phone? It's a, it's a, it's kind of a phone, kind of not. I mean, some people don't even have a contract anymore, like a cellular contract. They all just use FaceTime or WhatsApp or Viber if that's still around, but like they use something like that. And I mean, honestly, this is kind of what it does. So I can see that the R1 being developing in the R2, R3 or whatever you want to call the next iterations of it. You know, at some point, I think we're just going to have a rabbit iPhone. That's why. <laughs> what, what, what do you think, Tyg? Do you I'll first before you say anything, would you get it if you had a chance? <laughs> would you would you get it for yourself? I would get it for myself out of curiosity. <laughs> and I think friends. the biggest, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the biggest uh, plus on this device is that it is only uh, costing $199, so it is affordable. It is not something where they say this is the future and so you have to pay $5,000 for it. Uh, so it is affordable and it makes you curious to see uh, what it actually can do, especially this feature where they say um, it does not only work with predefined actions, but it can actually learn everything that you're doing on your phone via its learning interface. And so I think uh, this is very promising and this is something that it is worth trying out and worth playing with it. But there is a big but coming. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to give kudos to the creators for this amazing design because this design is not futuristic and not like high tech wise, but they spend a lot of effort making it look like a sci-fi object from the 60s. So it has this orange plastic retro design that basically looks like something that someone from the early 80s was thinking of uh, how smartphones would look like in the future. You have this plastic red uh, orange plastic thing with this push button on the side where you talk into it like a like a um, walkie-talkie then it has this uh, rotating camera and this uh, screen in, in front I think you have like a haptic scroll wheel so it's very retro designy uh, but it looks awesome but more like a toy, not like an iPhone. Um, and this is this is amazing. From what it can do, their intention is that it is a an advanced user interface. So they the creators themselves, they say they are not trying to replace the phone, but they give you like this intuitive user interface that you always wanted to have with UI devices. Uh, out of convenience, everything today is built into your phone because this is the smartphone this is this one computational device that you carry around with you and so everything is integrated in there but this brings great problems in terms of user interface because you have like a dashboard with 200 apps you have to scroll you have to swipe you have to click you have to react to notifications you have to type stuff without a keyboard you have to do everything in there and even though it feels convenient over time it lost its touch regarding like innovative UI. And this is where they come in and they say, okay, now you have this thing that you always wanted to have, you speak into it, 
and it does whatever you want to have want to do and they have this example of um you you want to book an uber for uh six people and so you just tell it uh i need an uber to this restaurant at this point of time and so this device starts planning and looking into your calendar and con communicating with uber and giving you like uh, propositions and then you can like accept and it's doing everything yeah you wanted to say something i i just did i do i disagree but <laughs> because i'm thinking i'm thinking if this was an app nobody would care nobody would care Everybody would be like, yeah, that's just another, you know, taking a big LLM and then putting their own algorithm on top of it. I mean, look at perplexity. That's kind of what they do, but different. So I'm, what I'm thinking is, uh, isn't the R1, like, if it works as promised, I, mean, I think nobody has seen it yet outside of the promo, but isn't the R1 what every of our personal assistant, like digital personal assistant is supposed to be? So Alexa... And I mean, and now this is a big bet to, you know, go for this device uh, if you also could just wait until the voice assistants are getting better. Because, I mean, we know Alexa's getting better. We know that Google Assistant's going to get better. Bixby's going to get better. And we can just assume that um, Siri is going to be much better. We spoke about this, I think, a few days ago. And yeah. uh, therefore, what I'm thinking is, is probably the device around this rabbit os not just more like a gimmick to make it more interesting because if this was an app and i mean it could be an app because obviously my i don't know take an ipad take the m m3 chip in the ipad uh no it's not m3 it's the m whatever chip in the ipad pro you know take that um this is much more powerful so technically whatever rabbit os does i would argue that the m chip in the ipad would do, do it better Or, and therefore, I'm thinking uh, this is just for fun until this is, this will become an app. That's I thinking. am so glad that you asked this question because uh, the CEO, uh, Jesse Liu, uh, answered exactly that question in a long Twitter thread. Because oh, I didn't read that. What was, did it say? He, oh. he was obviously expecting that people are asking exactly this question. Why didn't you just in build this thing as an app? Wouldn't this be way better? And he has like a long thread of answers uh, for all the, the aspects um, that you might think why an app would be better. And he says, apps are hard to maintain and need to be rolled out on at least two platforms for iOS and yeah. for Android. And so it is really, really hard to maintain. And you have to follow all of the platform changes all of the time. So you invest a lot of time and effort and problems simply uh, keeping this app alive. Also, the, these platforms can take you down at any time because it's like there are rules and there are regulations. Uh, and after you submit your code to the platform, they can steal it at any time. See, for example, the flashlight app in the very beginning, iPhone had like an app flashlight app and so uh, apple uh, just integrated the flashlight feature into their system and so the app became completely obsolete um, and rabbit os is a generation ahead of current mobile operating systems and so they say they do not have to wait for the operating systems to to uh, to pull up and uh, be as good as they are and so they can develop completely independent and um, having one app to control other apps doesn't make sense because when 
this one app is then communicating with the Uber app, for example, to call an Uber, you get like notifications from the one app and from the other app, you have to switch context and switch like the window screen and everything. Um, and, and so this doesn't make sense to them. But of course, um, this whole Wait. argumentation, yeah. No, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah. No, but, no, but, I but this whole argumentation, my opinion as well, feels a little bit um, like artificial, yeah? And uh, I, I, from my point of view, I totally agree with what you said in the very beginning. Everything that this Rabbit uh, R1 is doing is what we would expect like Siri, for example, to do. I'm talking to my phone and I want to tell Siri to call me an Uber. This is what I was expecting. Right now, it can't do that. But my expectation would be as well that maybe with the next iOS 18, this will be then exactly what they are doing when they integrate their own LLMs directly in their iPhone. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean also, I mean, I I understand saying that currently, for example, Spotify, right? I mean, I I don't know how the API landscape of Spotify looks like, what they're offering, and what you can do with it, if they're offering an API or even maybe an SDK or whatever. But what I'm thinking is, even so, even if it's not available for iOS right now. So say you know we're creating a a tech a, a yay space sorry a yay space uh, <laughs> yeah you know crazy crazy names uh, a yay space app that does all that and we're con and even and then even if we could not connect it to for example Spotify because there is not the right API for it I mean they kind of have to do the same thing so. It, he's right that currently maybe there's not the capability of connecting all your apps to one app to control them one one app to control them all uh but the, but they kind of have to do that with rabbit so if they can do it why wouldn't the most like not right now but usually the most valuable company in the world do why couldn't apple yeah. do it why couldn't microsoft think, do it i mean yeah. there's no cortana right now but i mean imagine windows 12 or Windows 11 uh, H2 update, whatever, coming with a new I, Cortana. Yeah. I could imagine that they they are actually agreeing with Jesse Liu. And I think uh, this will be the next step. They will take a look at that and they will say, okay, those are some great ideas. This is where the operating system Goodbye. of our smartphones <laughs> should go, right? Yeah. And uh, maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe the year afterwards, I think there will be an interface layer in these iPhone uh, in these phones uh, that will do exactly that and i think what uh, the design decision from rabbit was to to build their perfect system how they imagine it uh, it should look like on a green field they just invented their own system and i think this is a developer perspective this is like uh, we can we we don't have to deal with all the caveats on of the phone we just built our own device and so this way they were able to simply build this thing release this thing impress everyone on ces and it, it's great and even for especially my, my favorite feature is that it's only 199 dollars and so everyone I, is going to tax. buy this <laughs> yeah right right and, and shipping of course and taxes and uh, <laughs> fees um but uh I, I also think it does not really have a future because at a certain point of time, it will be replaced by native features on your phones. And right. even though it is like a funny thing to hold it in your hand and push the button and talk to it like a, like a walkie-talkie, 
you won't really do this when you are in public, right? Yeah. In public, it's, it's way more convenient to just type stuff on your phone. And of course, you don't want to carry around two devices. This is also something where, where it's not really convenient to have it split into two devices. Uh, yeah. What I'm thinking is that I, could, I can see that this is a company that we're kind of, right now, right now it's super hyped. And I'm, I think that this is not the last time we're talking about them probably, because I'm sure like at least when this is being finally released and sent out that we will talk about it again. What I'm can, what I can, what I can see is that, you know, there's a big player who will just buy this company to get their tech. So what I can see, for example, is Amazon. I mean, Amazon tries so many different halves has tried and is still trying so many different things to get more camera and more devices, more behavioral, behavioral analytic devices into your home. I mean, think of this crazy astral thing, right? Or the echo that goes with you when you walk through the room and stuff like that. So I think there are so many yeah. different things. And this has a 300, a 360 degree camera, even though it's not really 360, but that's a different discussion. Uh, and so what I can see is, is Amazon buys it, you know, it's the Amazon rabbit then. And then yeah. it gets Alexa slash Alexa gets rabbit OS. And then I can see this thing happening future. But right now I think yeah. just what you said, it's a cool thing. People will get it. They will, you know, pay pay back their investors, call it a day. That's it. I think yeah. I think it's a one time wonder. Yeah, yeah. And it's true, like the old generation of home assistants like Alexa and Google Home, I think they they this year they are meeting their end because at a certain point of time it was impressive to have them do basic tasks, basic apps or skills as they, they were called. But even then, it felt like they were supposed to do more. And especially today, when we know what large language models are capable of doing, they are really um, not impressing anyone anymore. And I think uh, companies like Amazon, I think they already like fired their home assistant teams. And I think they are preparing for completely re-releasing the technology in their home assistant systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so I could imagine exactly what you just said that uh, something like Rabbit is a great platform for a next generation home assistant if if you want to have the hardware in some capability for the future because the software features will be in included in the phones at, at least this is what like I would uh, expect but I would like to quickly talk about like the actual innovation that they bring within their their system the LAM. this is within the the software right and uh, you you already said a large language model that is not only replying with language, but actually is doing something. This is not a completely new invention. Um, we already have that in the space of large language models where they are capable of executing functions. So we software developers were already capable of matching like certain intents to API interfaces and functions that we prepare so that the LLM can actually execute code and do stuff. So the idea of this, this architecture is already there, but they integrated this di directly into their system and they call it action models. Um, it, it's a great thing. But the, the one thing that I really love is the way that they uh, promise, I, I did not see it yet, but uh, the way they promise to break down complex tasks. So you're not only saying, call me an Uber, and the app is calling, or the device is calling you an Uber, but you could tell it something like, uh, my friend Vincent and Alex and I want to go uh, eat a pizza tonight at six or something, or somewhere tonight. And the expectation would be that within this operating system, uh, there are multiple rabbits 
Th that's why it is called rabbit. You have like a fleet of rabbit that are cooperating and breaking down this task. So one rabbit is checking all of your calendars. Supposedly you, they can and search like a free spot and then search uh, like uh, one rabbit is searching your current location and a restaurant near you. And the other one is then checking Uber for like the, the uh, best price or something like that. And so you have different rabbits that are doing different tasks and this breaking down of complex tasks into smaller tasks and finding the right app and, and uh, the data and doing this planning for you. I think this is the actual innovation in there that you can give like an arbitrary command and the system is intelligent enough to understand what needs to be done to fulfill this complex task. Yeah, and this wrapped in, into this nice device or like this thing that is then doing this for you, this is really convenient. And I think they created this amazing showcase of state-of-the-art software and hardware to show you what is possible but again the question is will this device be actually the device of the future and the device that we are going to use and for those two questions i would say they they did a great job showing us what is possible with the state of the art of the technologies but this device is more like a toy like like the the tamagotchi of 2024 a great toy everyone is going to play with it but next year it will be gone <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm sure I I agree with you. Um, specifically, what I also would mention is the incredible power that has to be behind its understanding of context. I mean, when you've seen the ad, like this video where just people talk. I mean, it's really cool that they can do and combinations. So you're saying do this and this and um. Let me just think this as well. And it 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 supposed supposedly it gets it. You know, and it gets also that you're connecting this. I mean, try this to Alexa. You know, she will just break. She's going to be like, I don't know what this means. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. And <laughs> right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and um, it, so this is something I, I think is crazy. Like, just a side note, I think that if you're using it massively, specifically if, you're, if it does stuff just like it, you said, like, you know, connect, checking your calendar, doing this, doing that, doing that. I really would put put a question mark behind all day battery life because it has a SIM card. It has to be connected to 4G, 5G. I don't know what it's using. I would bet it's 4G. 5G. 4G. It's using 4G. Okay. So, okay. Well, that is a battery saver for sure. But again, <laughs> I would definitely put a question mark behind that because the, yeah, this sounds like a very power hungry tool. And then also what I'm thinking or what I wonder is, uh, now we're seeing this, and maybe this was just the first that was raised to market. I mean, okay, so option number one is this is very unique. Nobody else has thought of this in that in that dimension, and so we're seeing this one being a unicorn breaking down tasks, understanding context, and that's it. What I think is much more likely is, however, and that is what I would like to know, and I don't think we're going to get an answer by now, but I think if we're talking about this one in one year, we, I'm pretty sure that we will know, um, is that, I mean, I'm sure that most of the other big LLM creators are working on this. I can see that OpenAI definitely works with the store um, and with its B2B customer base through Microsoft, and specifically Microsoft also combining not only OpenAI's LLM, but also their own minor uh, LLMs that we should also talk about at one point in the future, not today, um, to understand the context the users using Copilot in or whatever. I mean, the Copilot app now is available also in iOS, I think, since this week or something. So I think this is definitely something they would want to do. 
And then also Alexa obviously needs, S and Google need yeah. this contextual understanding. So what I'm thinking is when they launch this device, who else said fuck? We're working on the same thing. <laughs> right. They were faster. We gotta we, we gotta rush. I mean Apple. I mean, sure, they are scrambling in the back, but they never, you know, they, they never let down the poker face. So I'm pretty sure that Apple is working on something like that. Uh, specifically, I think that when you look at Apple, the biggest pain point currently with their devices is Siri. I think nothing is as bad in the Apple ecosystem as Siri is. Maybe Apple TV. That's something else. Um, but, yeah, I would like to know, was it is it the first or is everybody else working on this and they were just really fast? B yeah. Maybe because yeah. this, they started with a clean clean plate just as you said yeah yeah so it's super super interesting and i want to know of course uh, from everyone who is watching and listening right now if you are as excited about this device as we are and of course if you are as skeptical as we are so would you buy this or wouldn't you let us know in the comments and so thanks for listening to yay space if this was valuable for you you should subscribe to us so that you never miss an update because we are releasing a lot of interesting topics all of the time so until next time stay awesome